Hey, uh, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So uh, I want to talk today about how you just uh, slowly grow in like strength and competency and how it can happen without you really noticing. Specifically, I was thinking how earlier in the run of this podcast, and it's not like this podcast has been running all that long, but I remember talking about the idea of how I wanted to try to work on multiple things in a day but that I just wasn't ready to do that. It just wasn't a realistic goal. Like, what if I worked on two stories or three stories a day? But I couldn't do it. But now I do that. Like, that's just the new normal. That's what I do every day. I just uh, stopped at a Tim Hortons, rearranged some notes, made a little forward progress on the visual novel I'm working on, finished a chapter of my big novel I'm working on, which that still shocks me every time it happens. Like, it is amazing how, even though, you know, I only spent 20 minutes on it today, and most days that's all I do, it's amazing how often I'm like, oh, there's another chapter down, there's another chapter. I mean, it's chapter 27 that I just finished. Like, I love it. I love that these little bits of work, they just add up. Now, I'm going to record as I carefully, carefully climb down an extremely steep hill, so uh, we'll see how this goes. If I fall and hurt myself gravely, it'll be uh, recorded. But yeah, I was thinking how, even if you go back before that, like the reason why I couldn't work on two or three things a day is because like just all I had in me was the one project per day. Like, I would walk around Vancouver and jump on the transit and go do whatever I was doing for the day. And at some point, I would sit down on a bench somewhere and I would write for 20 minutes. And I would just feel exhausted. Like, that's it. That's all I got in me. Like, just that's... The idea of doing more than that just felt like this heavy burden that I couldn't lift. I could only do the one thing per day. But then if I think back to before then... Another common theme with this podcast is talking about all the years that I didn't have a consistent work ethic, that I didn't work every day. So that idea that I was only working on one story per day and only getting a small amount of work done on that one story each day, like it's funny when you take the whole day, it's like there, I'm imagining myself like there I am fucking wandering around the greater Vancouver area for 10 hours and somehow in that 10 hours I'm only working for 20 or 30 40 minutes seems pretty bad but I did it every day every day I managed to do that where earlier in my life I did not have that that ability because it's still like I said that 20 minutes at 30 minutes it felt exhausting it's like oh I just I did it I gave what I have to give and it may not be a ton, but that's what I got. But before then, I didn't even have that. I had less than that. I did not work every day. I would have many, many days, you know, days that would stretch into weeks that sometimes stretched into months where I didn't fucking do anything. Somehow I was still thinking of myself as a writer and oh, someday I'm going to write a book, but I don't know how the fuck I ever expected that to happen because I would take long stretches and just do nothing. So I had actually like leveled up 
without realizing that I had, you know, like that idea that I was only working on the one story a little bit each day was actually a huge improvement. That was a huge improvement. We'll say improvement again. I don't need to fucking have a synonym for everything. <laughs> a huge improvement over before when I would just work in intermittent spits and spats. And it's like, it's weird that you don't really notice yourself getting better at stuff because it doesn't have a clear delineation. It's not like going up a level in a video game. There's no little fanfare and like, you're now level 12. It just happens. The new normal just becomes better and you're just working at a higher level and you're more productive. So I went from working intermittently to working every day. Man, actually, you know, this cliff isn't so bad. I came down this yesterday. This is going to work into what I'm talking about today, but came down this yesterday, felt like I almost died. Yeah, even this, today, it's like, yeah, now I've, I know the lay of the land. I know how this works. I'm almost at the bottom. This isn't so bad. Anyway, I went from working intermittently to working every day on one project to now working every day on three projects, and it just happened. I'm not quite sure when it happened because I, I don't do the podcast daily anymore. It just happened in there somewhere. And it's just been that way for the last two or three months. And it doesn't feel difficult anymore. It's surprising to think back to how difficult that seemed. You know, before it seemed difficult to work every day. Then it seemed difficult to work on more than one thing. Now I'm working every day on three things and it's just fine. It's just like that's the new level of pressure that feels normal. That's my new ability to carry a weight. That's my new level of energy before I tap out and I'm like, oh, I'm done for today. And even that, it's a little interesting just that I, it's not that I work more on that one story. The, the novel is still the main thing. I still only work on it as much as I did six months ago, you know, only a little bit each day. But now I work on these other projects alongside it. And it's just, it's just neat to realize like, yeah, I'm getting better. I'm leveling up. My orthodoxy is paying off. My habits are paying off. The fact that I'm sticking with this is paying off. I'm getting more productive. I'm getting like better as a writer. So just today, I thought of something else that I think I can reasonably add to the docket. A fourth thing. So I'm working on my novel. That's the main thing. That's the one where if only somehow only one thing's going to get done, like that's the, the one. I'm working on my visual novel, which is a whole different feeling of writing, because a lot of that is, it's a whole different discipline, really, of like learning how to program a Renpai game and stuff. And I'm working on like a novelette, a novella. So, you know, a smaller story than the big novel. Whew, getting down by the, uh, the lake. It's a windy ass day, I can hear the waves. I'm just gonna chill here for a little bit while I'm in the woods, cause the wind isn't as bad in here. So I'll do this podcast in here before I hit the beach. But what I realized I wanna add to the docket is my basic technique, my basic pattern for writing is I gather notes for as long as as I feel like I need to. Man, that's really loud down there. I wonder how much that recorder's picking this up, but those waves are nuts down there today. So I gather notes for whatever story I'm working on, or just different stories, or whatever. 
I always have a little idea here, little idea there, figure out what story that goes with, where to put it. I've got, I'd say, I mean, I've got like, I don't know, a shit ton of little stories in various states of readiness, but probably like 20 legit ones, like 20 stories that could really be a story from start to finish that I someday will get around to, uh, you know, as I finish old stories, I'll shuffle a new one into the docket and just make my way through all these stories. So usually I'll just have a little idea here, a little idea there, file them away. Very important, don't think you're gonna remember shit, cause you won't. I remember George Carlin talking about all the just folders on his computer he had of just little ideas that those eventually became his act and then later books and stuff and it's like he said how invaluable those notes were because he'd read back over them and just like oh shit I, I wouldn't have remembered that like you won't remember don't think you're gonna remember cuz you won't and I gather these little ideas and every once in a while once in a blue fucking moon I have a big brainstorm and I write a bunch of ideas for something. Like I think the most recent one I had was like a year ago where uh, I was thinking about Batman and I was thinking about, um, I guess just, I've been thinking a lot about time management because that's like a lot of what this podcast is about and a lot of what has made me more successful as a writer is realizing how little time there really is in the day and how important it is to carve out some time each day to do writing because it's so easy to just let it go. And I was thinking about Batman. It's like in the comics and in the cartoons and stuff, he's, it just seems like this endless sprawling night. Like the, the night's never gonna end. Batman has all night to do Batman shit. But realistically, crimes and shit are not gonna kick off until very late at night. Probably, you know, 2 a.m. or something. Batman's got time to stop maybe one crime, if he's lucky, and then the sun's coming up, you know? Like, it's just, the reality of Batman is a grind, similar to the grind of writing. Maybe Batman only stops one crime a night, and he's just got to accept that that's the parameters he lives within, that's how the world is, that's how day and night work, there's only so much time. So I was thinking about that, and I was working on a Batman story. But it would be like, it'd be like one issue of a comic, a very small Batman story. But then I took that concept and applied it to Superman. So Superman's the daytime guy, he's doing stuff in the day, and we always think of Superman as an American dude, and he's doing stuff in America, and yeah, 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 Superman. But when the sun's going down, and you're Superman, you love the sun, you're powered by the sun, essentially, as, as I understand it, there's different versions of Superman. But you love the sun, you don't necessarily need to go to sleep. You're fucking Superman. Why is Superman gonna hang out in Metropolis and pretend to be a citizen and go home to his apartment with Lois Lane and go to sleep and then go to work? And he's, fuck that, he's not doing any of that shit. When you just think of the physiology of being this being who doesn't need to sleep and who can fly and who loves the sun. Well, when the sun leaves North America and fucking travels across the ocean, you go with it. That's the only, as soon as I had that idea, I'm like, of course that's what he does. That's the only thing that makes sense to the day-to-day -day grind of Superman and to the physiology of Superman. So I had this idea for a story. What if Superman goes in week-long cycles? He stays awake for a week and he just follows the sun seven times around the earth. So America thinks that they 
are Superman's home. They think they own Superman, but Superman spends just as much time everywhere else, you know, because he just follows the sun. Now he's in England. Now he's in Russia. Now he's back in America. Now he's going to go down to, you know, like he'll just go up and down as he follows the sun and just cover the earth. And it'd be Superman's adventures throughout this week in all these different countries. And I just wrote down a ton of ideas. I had so many little ideas for that story. And I love when that happens, but it's very rare. I think it was one of my very first episodes where I said, you can't wait for the muse to strike like that. It's never going to happen. It doesn't happen enough. It only happens once in a while. It's not, that's not sustainable. That's not something you can rely on. But I also realized how incredibly invaluable those notes are. Those are the backbone. Like, I, I don't just write without knowing where things are going to go anymore. Because I tried that before in my younger days, and it always grinds to a halt. And, uh, and it, just, it just doesn't work. I remember specifically this one story I wrote, this like high school story, where once I ran out of steam and I didn't know what to do anymore, I just started introducing new characters. And it was like season two of an anime. It's like, when this thing is supposed to be over, but it's not over. And like, now what do we do? And it's never good and it never works. And I decided I never want to do that again. So I still write day to day. Like I, I find I get my best writing if I'm in the moment, if I don't plan too much, if I keep things a little loose and I have a lot of weird ideas that I would only have while I'm staring at my phone and while I'm specifically in the act of typing stuff out. But I've got all these notes, they're my backup, you know? They're my, the net underneath my tightrope walk. I have a general sense of where things are gonna go and if I do get stuck or if I need an idea or I'm not sure about something, I go into my notes and like I've used the uh, analogy before that it's like my own wiki. You know, if you go to like Wikia and you look up a wiki for some video game or some TV show and it's got all the information, and it's got all the details. This is like my own wiki for my own story. And there's always like contradictory notes and weird notes that I'm never going to use and that don't work. But even those, I don't delete them. I put them in a side folder just called like ideas I probably won't use. But they're still there just in case. In case I really want to delve into the depths and really go down into the deep, dank ideas that aren't going to work. But yeah, those ideas, they make me more confident while I'm writing. And they're just, they're invaluable. They are the secret sauce, man. Like that's, that's why I don't start writing a story until I just feel in my gut that I have enough of these notes to cover the contingency plans that I'm not going to get. I might get stuck. I might have areas where the notes don't help, but I'm not going to get cataclysmically stuck. I'm not going to grind to a halt. I don't get writer's block. That's not a thing because if I, am sort of stuck, then I just go into my notes and I read over the notes and even just to mechanically deal with the notes, you know, like I'll break the notes down into smaller parts or I'll gather notes that fit together and group those together. And just by combining and breaking down notes, even just doing that, just that mechanical act, I have other thoughts while I'm doing that, that spawns more notes or I'll just have my big brainstorm idea while I'm doing that. There's never a just, I'm just stuck and I can't do anything. That's never, that's not possible. That doesn't happen in my process because I got these notes, man. The notes, they're so important. 
So that's what I'm going to add as my fourth thing of the day is it's nice when I have those big brainstorms and I've got these stories under my belt that I've got a nice batch of notes because I've also just been keeping notes for different stories for, you know, fucking literally 20 years. But these are all going to get used up eventually. And then what am I going to do? So what I'm going to do, because I found it so valuable to do these small amounts of work in a consistent way, is my fourth thing each day is I'm going to pick a story I'm not actively working on. Just pick one of my stories. It doesn't matter which one. And I'm just going to stare into space until I think of an idea. It doesn't need to be a good idea. It doesn't need to be a strong idea. It needs to be any idea, just any idea that is something I can write down as a note and add to my notes for that story. And I'm just going to try to think of one every day for some story, because that's not a big deal. There's no way that's going to take me more than 15 minutes of staring at nothing, you know, or just walking or whatever. Because even that's interesting, like it's nice when ideas just hit me, but it's a different idea too to have a, a story in mind. Like when I did that episode about music a few episodes back, that was one of the things is like, it's interesting to have one of your stories in mind and to listen to music and try to apply that music to that story and see what sparks in your mind. So this is similar. Like I was just at a Tim Hortons staring at the window. I was actually just waiting for a guy to come out of the bathroom and I decided on one of my stories and I just, just let my mind like, okay, only think about this, only think about this story and see what happens. And yeah, after like a few minutes, I thought of a thing. And if I do this every day, that's 365 more little notes that I'll have spread across my stories every year. And then you multiply that by two years, by five years, by 10 years. I think this is gonna be an important addition. And I'm really glad I thought of it because it's not a big ask, it's not too much. I feel like this is an extra weight I can definitely carry, I'm definitely ready for. And in the long term, this is what's going to fuel future stories. And it's such a weird feeling to go back over these notes and to read it. And it's like a gift you gave to yourself. It's like, wow, I forgot all about that. What the fuck is that? That's perfect. That's just what I need right now. And even if it's not useful, it's like, okay, well, look, I got 20 notes for this story that are all in my, I'm not going to use these notes folder, but I got these hundred other ones that are good <laughs> or usable. And it kind of depends on the uh, scope of the story. Like, I've got a shit ton of notes for my novel, but for the little novelette, I got like a quarter or a fifth that many notes. But it's a smaller project. It's smaller in scale. It doesn't need as many. So yeah, that's my new plan. So let me tell you, before we go for the day, speaking of this weird, steep, mountainy cliff I'm on, here's the idea that I had for today. So I had this idea, I was watching some movie, and movies most of the time, man, they bore me to death. <laughs> the most useful thing I find about going to see movies lately is they give me ideas for my own thing of like, man, I wish I was, instead of watching this thing that I'm watching, I wish this, I wish it was something else. And I guess I'll just try to come up with the something else. So it was a trailer for like the little kids uh, computer animated big friendly giant movie. And the very first little moment of the trailer was just a girl at night waking up in her bed. And it was another one of those kind of brainstorm moments where then just a bunch of dumb shit happened that I didn't care about. But I had this little spark right at that moment of like, I, here's where I want this to go. 
this idea of like a girl in an orphanage and her being awake at night, I just started thinking about what if you were a girl in an orphanage, kind of an old timey 1800s orphanage is kind of what I'm thinking, and you didn't have to sleep. <laughs> this comes up a lot. Same thing with my Superman story of not having to sleep. It's one of my favorite uh, topics is sleep and lack thereof. But what if you didn't sleep? So everyone else is asleep at night, but you're not. You're just laying in bed pretending to be asleep. And maybe you don't even know that other people aren't like that. You just think that's what life is. And you start getting up at night and going out and exploring the orphanage and maybe finding books to read or finding all the little secret passages in the orphanage and learning how to fuck with people or whatever. I started writing notes for that story, that idea. And it just kept growing and growing till I was thinking of like, after this girl leaves the orphanage, maybe she's just like a street kid in this little city, this little hamlet, little town. Not a city, smaller than a city. And she gets to know every nook and cranny. She knows all the alleyways. She knows all of the... Uh, the roofs that connect that she could travel across. She knows everything about this place. And I was also thinking if she doesn't sleep, maybe she doesn't age either. I didn't have any reason for this. I didn't know why she was this way. Because again, I'm still just gathering notes. I don't have the whole picture yet. But I was just thinking about that scenario. And I told my friend Brad about it. And he mentioned, what if this girl was like an automaton, like a clockwork person? And I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's why she doesn't sleep. That's why she doesn't age. That's awesome. So I started thinking of it that way. And I was thinking, you know, she would slowly learn that other people sleep and that she doesn't, but she doesn't know what that means. She could slowly learn, you know, like Terminator style, maybe see underneath her skin and see that she's a clockwork person, but she wouldn't know that's not how other people are. You know, like it's just this whole like weird exploration of like, what is she? What is her life? What is going on here? So that brings us to this cliffside. So uh, I love walking along the lake shore out here in the beaches neighborhood of Toronto. But I always went down uh, Victoria Park Street and you come down to this water treatment plant that was, it's in that movie, In the Mouth of Madness. It's this weird, old, really beautiful looking building. It doesn't look like a water treatment plant. It looks like a crazy castle, insane asylum place. And I would start from there and walk down the beach. So this time I'm at Warden Street, which is only a little ways further than Victoria Park, but I've never tried to walk down Warden before, and uh, I realized why. I did it yesterday. There's a little dog park with a fence, and if you hop the fence, it's amazing how fast these uh, the Scarborough Bluffs happen. It's like these big cliffs that lead down to the lake. This is where they begin, apparently, because it immediately goes from a normal street to just just a little bit further, just the next major street over. It's this really steep hill. It's not full cliffs yet, but it's it's right in the middle. Like this is, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to get down this thing. And there's parts where people have uh, tied ropes to trees to help people climbing up and down. And then when you get down here, you're at this extra stretch of beach that is normally blocked off by the water treatment plant. I didn't even realize you could get back here. And it's similar to that beach in Vancouver where I was always recording, where there weren't many people around. There are more people here. I saw three people, I guess, when I was here yesterday, and somebody has a tent set up and is like living down here. But it's relatively empty. And this part in particular, 
on the actual hillside where I am. There's nobody because it's steep and dangerous. So this is just in my mind because it's a new discovery, just a thing I just found yesterday. And it's kind of pretty and it's kind of nice. And it's like weird that I've been in this neighborhood so many times. And I didn't know about this. You know, if you just go out of your way, similar to what I was talking about getting lost last episode. This is the benefit of getting lost is sometimes you find great shit. But I was thinking about how steep this hillside is and like it's really slippery like like the sand shifts under your feet and it would be very easy to fall down this thing and very dangerous because there's all these rocks and uh, weird trees and like if you fell you could really get hurt. So I was decided today's story I was going to focus on was that story about the clockwork girl at the point where she's living in the town and she knows all the ins and outs of the town. I knew eventually she'd have to run afoul of somebody, you know, like have to escape from someone who wants to try to kill her. Or maybe someone could try to strangle her and think that they had, but she doesn't breathe so she doesn't really die. But one of the ideas I had was what if there is a cliff like this? What if I just take this experience, what if I take this cliffside, I'll just add it to the geography of the town of like there's a big cliff near the edge of town. She could lead the guy who's chasing her to this cliffside and it would be easy, especially at night, to get the upper hand, even though she's just a little kid. Be very easy to get the upper hand, get this guy to lose his footing. He falls down the cliff, he's fucking dead. And then that could tie into her learning about the differences between herself and himself. If he smashes his head open or something, or she sees blood for the first time, or she she sees that the internal workings of this guy are different than her. But she still wouldn't necessarily know that she's the weird one. Maybe he's the weird one. Maybe everyone is a clockwork person and he's the only one that isn't. She doesn't know yet that she's the one who's different. But that's the idea that I had. Just because I decided to, to sit there and think and I just applied this thing that happened to me yesterday to this story. So that's the new idea, is every day try to come up with one note. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty robust. They don't need to be that big every day. But if they are, great. I haven't actually written this down yet. But that's what I will do now after I walk along the beach. Go find another fucking coffee shop. Write that shit down. And I still got the novelette to work on. I haven't done that yet today. So there we go. There's another episode in the can. Thanks for listening. Even this podcast, I think, that's one reason I've started ramping up. I had a little while where I wasn't doing the podcast much, but this podcast even gives me ideas and it's just nice to reinforce what I'm doing and to make it sort of more legitimate. Like, yeah, I'm a writer guy. This is what I do. I do it every day. I have all these thoughts about it because I do it every day. It just legitimizes it to me, you know? I do think someday this podcast will be useful in the future if I become a writer of any renown. People can be like, oh, that's cool. He did this podcast. You know, maybe there's some useful shit in here. Maybe half of it's nonsense, but whatever. But in the now, I think it's most valuable just for me to kind of solidify this whole venture and to really, like, put the stamp on it. Like, yes, this is what I do. This is what I do. I write every day. I'm a right man. I'm a writer fella. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Our song of the day, just a song I was listening to today. It's this guy, Jamie Lenman, who I love. He's really good. I found him by accident last year when I was searching for something else, and I found this guy's stuff, and uh, he's really cool. 
So this is a song called Personal. Specifically, there's one line in this song where I love when little moments in songs, you can use them as a little anchor point for something. So my story about the alien rhino girl, who's like an angry, violent, sort of a savage type mindset. There's this line in this song where he says, I read the ancient books and I don't understand. And he says it's so angry. And I love that moment. I read the ancient books and I don't, <laughs> I can't do it. The specifics of that don't work for this character because there's no books, there's no reading. <laughs> there's certainly no ancient books. It doesn't even fit with her scenario. I just love the feeling of it. I read the ancient books and I don't understand. Like you want to be one of the great people. You want to make a mark. You're examining the, the great people of the past. You're looking at your forebearers, your forefathers, but you're just not like them. You're not that type of person. And you realize like if you want to make your fucking stamp on reality, you got to break things. Things need to be on fire. You need to smash things. And that's, that's just how it is. And you realize you're not going to be like these ancient people. Your path forward, your path to fucking immortality is way more violent and way more angry and that's just how it is. Yeah, I love little moments in, in songs like that that just, to remind you what a character's like, what they're feeling. The cardinal direction, you know? All right, so here's Personal by Jamie Lenman. Thank you for listening once again. I will see you next time. Now, goodbye!